thank everyone again for tuning in and being with us. A couple of announcements we want to remind everyone of is Wednesday night we have our Bible study downstairs and we are COVID compliant, <laughs> separated by six feet. So want to keep that in mind, seven o'clock on Wednesday night and we're continuing our study on the book of Revelation. And um, also we have Sunday school at uh, nine on Sunday mornings and it also is doing the book of Revelation. So we're, we're, we're getting our understanding of what's, what's going on somewhat in the book of Revelation. It isn't about necessarily about discovering the hidden secrets uh, of what is in our future. It is discovering uh, who Jesus Christ is and that he has all of this fit together. No matter what's going on in our world, God has a purpose. So we want to keep that in mind. And those of you who would like to send in a contribution, send it to uh, Winber Assembly, Box 361, Winber PA 15963. Winber Assembly, Box 361. So today, our message is the branch. Nah. The message is, you are the branch. Nah. The message is, be the branch. <laughs> Be the branch. You know, some, and, and I, when I was putting that title to this, I was thinking of how, how many times people say, well, be the ball, you know, be the ball, go through the hoop, or be, be the bat and hit the ball, you know, be that, and, you know. Well, in this case, being the branch is exactly what Jesus Christ is trying to tell us, and especially here in uh, John chapter 15. Now, um, I, I like the, the story of the, the little boy who's, um, he has his ball and bat, and he's standing there, and he says, I am the greatest hitter in all the world, and he throws the ball up in the air, and he swings and misses it, you know, okay, so he gets the ball, and he says, I am the greatest hitter in all the world, throws the ball up and swings and misses it, <laughs> third time, he says, I am the greatest hitter in all the world, throws the ball up, swings and misses it. And he drops the bat and says, oh, I guess I'm the greatest pitcher in all the world. <laughs> so in our lives, being the branch is more than just hitting the ball or being the ball. It is what Christ tells us that we are. John 15, verse 1, and I'll, I'll read through these and then we'll, we'll speak about them as we go. John 15, he says, I am the true grapevine, speaking of Jesus, I am the true grapevine, and my father is the farmer. Every branch in me not bearing fruit, he takes it away. And every branch bearing fruit, he cleans it up in order for that may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you, just as the branch is not able to bear fruit from itself unless it is abiding in the grapevine, so neither are you able to unless you are abiding in me. I am the grapevine, you are the branches. The one abiding in me and I in him, this one bears much fruit, because apart from me you can do nothing. If anyone is not abiding in me, he was thrown outside like the branch that was dried up. And they gathered them together and threw them into the fire, and they were burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you want, and it will be done for you. 
By this my Father is glorified, that you being that you be bearing much fruit and be disciples to me. Just as the Father loved me, I also love you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept the commandments of my Father and abide in his love. So, of course, this is the, the story that Jesus uses of the, of the vine and the branches. And a grapevine is a prolific uh, plant that a single vine can produce numerous branches and bears many clusters of grapes. In the Old Testament, these grapes symbolized Israel's faithfulness to doing God's work on earth. So we find that there are many analogies that come to us through this vine and branches from the, from the Old Testament and even in the New. So in this setting where Jesus is describing to his followers this, uh, uh, the, the vine and the branches and the father being the husbandman, that the fruit of the vine symbolizes God's goodness to his people. Hmm. The fruit of the vine. Remember it talks about being fruitful. And, and keep this in mind. The, the fruitfulness symbolizes God's goodness to his people. So bearing fruit is not just, you know, clusters of grapes that somebody else comes along and picks. And, but it is, and that is true that people are, will eat the fruit of our, our lives. And, you know, there, there's some analogies. Well, you know, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Well, what does that mean? <laughs> it means that the family of origin and what it produces is similar to what it was. And you see, the difference in all of that is whenever we become a Christian, whenever Christ enters into our lives, it changes. It changes what the origin and what the family was to what the family is and needs and, and continues to grow. But always remember that the fruit of the vine symbolizes God's goodness to his people. Now, here also we have Christ the vine, God the Father, the gardener, who prunes the branches. Anybody know what prune is? Pruning is cutting. Cutting and, and pruning back. Now, um, I, I'm, not, I'm not much of a um, connoisseur of growing I wasn't, you thought I was going to say connoisseur of drinking wine. No. <laughs> I'm not a, 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 an educated farmer of how to cut back the vines and to have them so that they grow. And what is astonishing is that in the spring, and in the, I think it's early in the spring, they cut back the vines, and to me, it's almost like they're destroying the vines. <laughs> they cut them back to just this, they cut off all the branches back to just basically this base with very few vines going out. But it's giving it an opportunity for the, for the vine to branch out. And then, whenever they are um, going through, there's this story of a lady, uh, she talked about how that she had her own vineyard. And she, every week, would go through, and in every vine, in every cluster of grapes, she would examine, she would take off the extra leaves that were shadowing the, the, the cluster, any shoots that were taking off that were not going to be able to produce fruit, she would cut them, prune them, and she just meticulously watched over her acreage of, of, of grapes. 
And she did this every week so that her harvest would be the greatest it could be and that the wine that they would produce would be exceptional. So if we think about it, God is that meticulous about our lives. You see, he is the one that God, Christ is the vine. Our Father God is the one who is doing the pruning, and we are the one that is doing the, grooming, uh, the growing, and knowing that the, fr the fruit that we produce symbolizes God's goodness to us. Hmm. Verse 2. Every branch in me not bearing fruit, he takes away. And every branch bearing fruit, he cleans. He cleans it in order that it may bear more fruit. <laughs> so there are two types of pruning. <laughs> the one is separating. <laughs> Those are the ones that are, are not producing fruit. They're just basically a hindrance. <laughs> Cut them off. That's just separating from the vine and cutting them off. Did you ever wonder how, that, like when people grow those, those squash or those pumpkins or whatever they call them, they get so huge? Did you ever wonder how they do that? Well, there's a vine, and on the vine, they pinch off every bud, every one of those little buds, that, and each bud would symbolize a, a, a squash or a pumpkin. So they would cut them off, and there would only be one flower on that vine that they would allow to grow. So that everything in that vine that was supposed to produce 10, 15 pumpkins goes to producing one. <laughs> and of course, it's a special seed, you know, that they use, and it's you know, generally hybrid or whatever, that it grows these enormous, these enormous um, pumpkins or squash. Well, in our lives, God wants to remove everything on our vine in our lives that would hinder who we are and hinder the fruit that we would grow that would symbolize God's goodness in our life. And you see, separating is taking off those things that are not necessary. The things that are going to rob life from us, God prunes them off. I mean, he just cuts them right off. Those are symbolic of the, the branches that wither and die and are thrown into the fire and burn. And the other type of pruning is the fruit branches themselves are cut back. The, they cut them back to a point where it is, it, the energy that is coming from the vine into the branch is going to really develop that cluster of grapes. So every branch, God cleans. <laughs> You ever hear the expression, you better clean up your life? <laughs> well, God will clean it up. And we find that God's, God is watching over us and he wants us to clean up our lives because he wants to produce fruit. He wants us to produce a divine fruit. And that divine fruit symbolizes his goodness in our lives. You know, again, it's not growing the, growing the grapes. The grapes are plucked and somebody else gets all the goodness, you know? You know, we get stuck with the raisins. <laughs> but I like raisins, you know. But, uh. Verse 3. You are already clean. All right? Looking at our lives, talking to us. 
You are already clean. Why? Because of the word which I have spoken to you. Have you ever just kind of stopped and, you know, the Bible wants us to muse over, think, meditate. You know, our mind's always going. It's always running somewhere. And God wants us to meditate on the scripture to kind of bring every thought into subjection, scripture says. Bring every thought into subjection. You don't just let your mind wander because <clears throat> you can wander in the wrong directions and God says you don't want to go there. So that we are to allow the word uh, to, we're allowed to look at this verse and see how the word of God is cleaning us. The word of God is cleansing, washing, the washing of the word. It's like the word of God is washing the, the, the whiteboard. <laughs> the, you know, it's washing it clean that there is no spot. The board is without spot, without stain. And so whenever you have a board, as it were, God, so God has cleansed us from all unrighteousness. He's cleansed our lives. We just said about that in communion that we, pray, we ask the blood of Jesus Christ to wash us, and so we've got this whiteboard, totally clean. Now, what are we going to write on the board? Hmm. On the clean board, you can write anything you want. <laughs> you see, the word is written in our hearts and minds. Later on, we will ask ourselves, Jesus tells us, you can ask for anything in my name. Okay? Anything in my name. So whenever we're looking at this whiteboard, what is Jesus writing on this whiteboard? What is he writing there in his, and it's in the word, it's the scriptures. It's not going to be, let me think, you know, I saw on a movie once. No. <laughs> We're, what we have is written in the word, and the word is written in our hearts and our minds. And the word then writes, cleanses us, and God wants to produce the fruit that will symbolize his blessing in our life. And so, we write on this board God's intention. What does God intend to do with me? <laughs> what does God intend to do with me? You see, I think of the potter and the clay. And you know, this, this talks about how you put the clay on the wheel and uh, spins around and the potter forms the clay. And he can form a vase, he can form uh, a pitcher, he can form a cup, he can form anything. He can, you know, he just takes his hands and he molds it. Well, God's word, we are, God is the potter, we are the clay. And God has a blessing, a place for us. His intent is to make us into a vessel that is fit for his use. And it can be a clay pitcher, <laughs> you know. Remember the story about the crackpot? <laughs> the lady goes down to the, to the well, she has a... Um, the board, you know, crossed her neck, and she has two, two pots of water she collects. And the one has a crack in it. And every day she carries these two pots up to, to her, from, you know, up the path and to her house. 
And the, one day, says, one person asked, why don't you throw that broken pot away? She says, oh, no. She says, do you like my flowers? Oh, yeah. That's how I water them every day. With the pitcher that has the crack in it. You see, God, if you are a little cracked, <laughs> God has a purpose. God has a way of using us for his kingdom. So God's intent is not necessarily what you do, but how the word of God forms us to the person we are. How the word of God forms us to the person we are. The Holy Spirit is alive in us. He is at work in everything around us because some of the things rub you the wrong way. What does sandpaper do? Rubs off the rough spots. So when something rubs us the wrong way, is it rubbing off the rough spots? Is that God pruning me? Well, God, I think you can quit now. <laughs> I don't want to be, I don't want to, you know, have these difficulties in my life. But that can be, really, it can be God pruning us. So that God is at work in everything around us because he wants us to be this vessel fit for his use. And being fit for his use doesn't mean that we're perfect. But it means that we are shaped, formed under the hand of God by his word and everything that God produces in our life is for a blessing that he has for me. <laughs> you see, when people don't like you, when things don't work out, when you got a really big problem, what do we do? We pray and we ask God, get me out of this place. <laughs> well, in reality, maybe we should pray, God, come to me in this place. Come to me in this place because this is where I need you. <laughs> this is where I'm, I'm living and I, and I can't live in this place. And rather than taking me out of here, you, you've, you've obviously, Lord, you're not doing it. So therefore, I'm praying that you would come to me in this place. The three Hebrew children, the three Hebrew teenagers. When Nebuchadnezzar says, bow down to me or I'm putting you in the fire. And they said they don't bow down. Why? Because they knew what the commandment of God was. In this text, Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commandments. You see, the strength of the spirit of the branch being connected to the vine, the strength of the three teenagers connected to God in a foreign land being forced to bow down before a foreign king or else they're going to die, and what do they say? <laughs> King, our God is able to deliver us from your hands. But if not, we're still not going to bow down. So throw us into the fire. Well, we know the story. They got thrown into the fire. And when the king looks into the furnace, he sees four instead of three. God could have kept them out of the furnace. God can keep anything out of our lives, but sometimes he brings things into our life so that we will know that he is there with us. And when the three teenagers come out of the fiery furnace, they had anything that bound them, the ropes and things, that's what was burned off. Their hair wasn't singed. The people who threw them in, 
the fire was so intense they died. But the three in there, you see, God was there with them in the furnace. God is here with us in the trial. Keep God's commandments. Verse 4. Jesus says, abide in me, and I in you. Abide. (laughs) Nice word. Basically, it's saying, be connected. Sandwich yourself. (laughs) Uh, Make yourself comfortable when you're attached to me. You know, I I, I remember whenever we moved to our new house, um, 25 years ago, <laughs> and I, I planted trees, and uh, uh, our granddaughter came, and she decided she wanted to break off a branch of my new tree, and it was just a little tree, and I was upset when I came back, and the thing was broken down and just barely hanging on. Who did this? Well, nobody knew how it happened. It just fell off. <laughs> so me being the expert husbandman, that I am, I made a little, I learned this in school, you make a little slit like a T, peel back the bark, trim off the branch, stick it back in there, and bind it around with fabric, and, and kind of merge them together. You know what? It was grafted, and it grew. The last time I knew, that branch was still on the tree, and it was about yay big, you know, yay big. It was that big. <laughs> now that's my fish story. But abiding in Christ is being attached and that there, you don't even know that we weren't attached. You don't even remember that you were a sinner, that you were astray, you were lost and you were undone. That's not part of who you are anymore. You've been grafted, you've been, you're, you're connected to the vine, you are part of the vine itself. Just as the branch is not able to bear fruit from itself unless it is abiding in the grapevine. You know, there are some, um, now I don't think grapevines can do this, but uh, there are some plants that if you, you, take a, you take a cutting of them and you stick them in water and they grow, then you put them in the ground and you have another one. Well, this vine and what Jesus is saying, whenever you think you can live without me, you cut yourself off and whatever, you're just going to die. I don't care what you do with it. There, and apart from me, there is no life. And apart from Jesus, the vine, uh, so neither are you able to unless you are abiding. We're not able to grow unless we're in Christ. Did you know, I like this, this part. <laughs> I like this part here. <laughs> do you know, it landed up. Do you know that if you cut an acorn in half, you don't see a tree inside? <laughs> A miniature tree. Oh, it's a miniature tree. It's a miniature oak tree. Look. No. It's just just an acorn. But in that acorn is an oak tree. It doesn't look it, but it's there. If you, you know, in the springtime, whenever you had flowers blooming on the tree, you go and look at them now. There's apples there or pears or peaches or whatever. You're able to see what came from that. And so God is his intent, his intent if you cut you open, what is he going to see? We, we cut ourselves open, and what do we see? Oh, dear. <laughs> you know, not physically cut ourselves open, you know. But 
if we cut ourselves open emotionally and spiritually, and we look inside, sometimes we're kind of like disappointed. <laughs> oh, what is God going to use with this? But you see, when Jesus was crossing the Sea of Galilee and the storm came up, he's in the boat with the disciples asleep, and they go back and wake Jesus because they're afraid they're going to drown. And Jesus steps forward and said, peace be still, and the wind's calm, and the sea's calm. And the disciples say, what kind of a man is this? Inside of us, we ask God, what kind of a person am I? And God is saying, you're in the vine. What's in the vine? You see, what's in the vine that gives the branch life? Jesus says, I am the grapevine. You are the branches. We are allowing ourselves to be in harmony. <laughs> harmony, meaning we're not fighting against and kicking and screaming. I'm going to go to heaven, but I don't want to go. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> I'm going to be a Christian, but I really don't want to be a Christian because it's too restrictive. And what's going you know, We're fighting and kicking against God. And it's like, oh, well, Lord. <laughs> If we've never kicked and screamed and gone the wrong way, I guess we wouldn't be human. But being in harmony with the vine, being in harmony with Christ, is that the Holy Spirit, the spirit of the vine, the strength of the vine, the love that is in the vine, the, the, the greatness and the power and the blessing and the, the, the faith that is in the vine is in us. See, we know the word. We have a whiteboard, a clean slate. And on the whiteboard, we write the word. And we write the word because the word was made flesh, Jesus, and dwelt among us. So we have a real person. We have the Holy Spirit, third person of the Trinity. We have God the Father who is pruning and taking care of us. We have all of that going on inside of us, writing the finger of God, writing on the whiteboard of our, of our hearts. Romans 8 says, But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by the spirit. The quickening of the, of the mortal body, I believe, is the quickening of the Spirit of God inside of us to write on the whiteboard. God's intent for our life is to give us victory, to give us strength, and to prune us and to help us go through this growing process so that we find life and we find it in abundance and we find it in security and love because we're grafted into and we belong to that tree. You know, it, later on in the summer... <laughs> just testing to see if my grafting worked, I pulled on the vine. <laughs> what a foolish thing. But it didn't come off. It was grafted in. It, it, was, it was holding on to. If you abide in me, verse 7, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you want, and it will be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified. <clears throat> Imagine that. 
I think the, the problem many people feel is disconnected. We feel out of touch with the vine. <laughs> Sometimes out of touch with life, things around us. Humanity <laughs> is the dead branch that says, I did it my way. <laughs> Humanity says, I have, or I, I am what I have. He who dies with the most toys wins. <laughs> I am what I do. My work defines me. I am what others think of me. My reputation defines me. I am different from everybody else. My body defines me. I am separated from everything that's missing in my life and I have nothing. That's kind of the, the perspective that the world gives to us. But see, the imagery that Jesus gives to us, that we are connected. We are part of the divine. And being part of the divine means that we have eternal life. We have God watching out for us every moment of every day. We have him pruning not only our own life, but sheltering us from the storms that he is able to quicken our mortal bodies and give us an understanding of life and of ourselves that just doesn't fall from, from out of nowhere. It comes from the board that is in our hearts and written on that board is the finger of God and his word in our lives. Remember, the will of God is more than something you do. The will of God is also the someone that we are. We are the vine. The will of God is something more than we do. It's who we are. That we're not different in, you know, on Monday than we are on Sunday. We're not different one place than from another because we are the same person inside and out. <laughs> I like Colossians. I told Terry I didn't have this one. I didn't give this to you, so... He doesn't have it on the board. But Colossians 3, 15, 16, and 17 says, Let the peace of Christ keep you in tune. Let God's peace that is in the, in the vine be part of the branch. None of, these, none of this going off and doing your own thing. The branch cut off and thrown away, and it's going to wither up and die and thrown into the fire. Paul tells the Colossians, none of this. Don't go off and do your own thing. The branch that is connected is connected and cultivates thankfulness. Do you know thankfulness is a gift? It's a gift and it's, and it's an expression of faith. That whenever we are thankful, it's not just for the things that are good, but it's for in all things give thanks. It's an expectation that what I am experiencing is going to be good for my life and it's part of the pruning and growing process that God has for the vine and the branch and the cluster of grapes. Connected branches are allowing the word of Christ, the message, to run the house, run the length of the branch, that, it is, that its words are part. If you break a branch at the furthest end, it bleeds. And that bleeding of that branch has come from the root system down in the ground and has worked its way right up through, the whole way through the tree, right to that part where you took and broke off. 
Everything that is in us, the life of Christ has come from the gift of God from the, the, before the world began. God was in, in line saying, I'll die for them. I will live for them. I will rise from the dead. I will send my spirit to be with them and quicken them and empower them. Give it plenty of room in your lives. Let Give the peace of Christ plenty of room in our lives. Peace and sing. Paul didn't hear me sing, but it says sing. <laughs> I'm not a singer. And sing, sing your heart out to God. Let every detail in your lives, your words, your actions, whatever, be done in the name of the Master, Jesus, thanking him, thanking God for every step of the way. If you abide in me, verse 7, if and my words abide in you, the words on the whiteboard. And ask whatever you want. You have not because you ask not. And it will be done for you. It will be accomplished for you. By this my Father is glorified. Did you ever imagine? Did you ever imagine that your answered prayers for God's work in your life brings glory to the Father? Your answered prayers glorify God. How many times do we not pray because, wow, that's too big, that's really not that important, I don't want to disturb God, <laughs> you know. No, it, God's, your, your prayers and God's answer to your prayers in your life glorifies the Father. So we should be people of prayer, not so much that, you know, oh, I don't want to bother, I don't want to be selfish. No, I want to glorify the Father. I want God's will to be done in my life. I want his purpose to be part of me. I want my cluster of grapes to be a blessing to me and to anyone who picks them. If you keep my commandments... You see, let nothing separate you from the love of God. My will then is to surrender to God. His life is to be my life. His purpose is to be my purpose. That who I am is defined by who Jesus Christ is in me. This combination of the vine and the branches has established the present. It is established that who I am right here and now is so important that God has given his very life for me and has extended his love and his word into my life. He has established, he has rooted me, he has grounded me, and I have an eternal destiny. I'm going forward. So when things are going well and we feel really good, when things are going bad and we feel really depressed, when we look at other people and think they got it made, we are to remember that we are connected to the vine. This connection transcends all of the rolling waves of the seas of life. Connection comes from the consistent relationship with Jesus Christ. I am grafted to the vine. Nothing shall separate me from the love of God. He will help us walk through adversity without sinking into the sea of despair. And when we walk with him into success, 
We can manage properly the deceptiveness of heights. Being connected with Jesus Christ. His life is in me. His spirit flows through me. The strength of the vine is the strength of the branch. The fruit of the vine, the grape, is the fruit of the branches. Fruit of the vine is the soil that we, are, that we live our lives in. You saw we are to believe for the impossible. We are to look for the miraculous. We are to see the hand of God moving in our lives. We are to recognize that every good thing that is going in our life is there for a purpose, to glorify our Father. So ask big. Believe for the big things and the impossible things that only God could do. God will receive the glory. We will receive blessings. And everyone who picks the fruit of our vine will know God is in that place. Amen? Are you connected yet? <laughs> Remember, you are connected to Christ by his love, by his blood that cleanses us from sin. And on that whiteboard of our lives, he writes his word. And it's all about how we and he are connected to him. Amen? Let's stand. So as we receive the miraculous, as we see the hand of God moving in our life, God will be glorified. In my life, Lord, be glorified. So we thank you, Lord, for hearing our prayers, and Lord, we lift our hands and our hearts to you, recognizing that we are a branch off the vine. You are the vine, we are the branches, and Lord, the fruit of our lives is to be glorifying you. So help us, Lord, as we go through the pruning process. Help us, Lord, as we go through the growing process. Help us, Lord, as we go through the different seasons of our life. Lord, we know that you are there, and we want you, O oh God, to be glorified in us. We pray this in the name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you.